What is up, rugby fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Staff and Pod. I thought we were going to run away with victory on Saturday, but I was humbled by an English team that really turned up. And luckily, the box now had a win ugly when it does matter. Steegs, the box team's playing with us. Two playoff games, one point in each. How much have you aged over the last two weeks? No, I've aged quite a bit, man, to be honest. Like, it's, I mean, look, yeah, to be fair, as much as we said the box should, you know, go ahead by, by quite a few points, I think uh, on the podcast you can hear how nervous we are, and rightfully so. I mean, it doesn't matter how bad an England team is. If you find England in the semis, it's always going to be a cracking game. They, they will always manage to, to pull through and put a performance in, you know. But, hey, whatever anyone says, they can talk all the shit they want saying that, you know, this was uh, an average England side and we didn't walk over them and we arrogance and stuff. It's, hey, look at props to them. They had our number that is all figured out in that game. But at the end of the day, it's a game of 80 minutes and really good teams managed to find a win, even if nothing's going their way. And thank God we found, found a way to get that win because my fuck did it take 78 minutes for me to really truly believe that we were gonna win <laughs> looking at that game then there were some really big calls made by Bach management if you're looking at it, a 30 minute substitution for Marnie Lubbock a 43rd minute substitution for Damien as soon as he dropped the ball too which I thought was brutal and then a 45th minute substitution for Eben Etzebeth arguably three of the biggest players the week before but boy, did it pay off. No, 100%. I mean, that um, that Marnie Lebox switch, and again, I love Marnie, but it's it's exactly what, what um, Scott Britz was, was telling us. You know, there's there's a game plan for every team. There's a, there's a team for every team that we play against and that, you know, specific players for specific roles in, in situations and that. And maybe we had one preconceived idea of the way the game was going and it just wasn't working out like that. And England had us and uh, the, the way they were kicking the ball and dominating that and stood like going up in the air and that was just absolutely brilliant you know we just we couldn't stop them in that sense and um we we, we couldn't get the ball back we couldn't um play our usual game and that they, they truly were stopping us and yeah i think just before the Lubbock one i was calling it saying man they should bring on pollard earlier in that and they ended up doing it um Elizabeth as well making that change and then Damien Willemse as well. It's just bringing on that sort of cool head, you know, in Billy LaRue, someone who's um, quite a bit more experienced than, than Willemse in a game where maybe a, a younger, lesser experienced player is, you know, kind of freaking out on the inside, especially in such a vital position as fullback, freaking out on the inside when, you know, you need a bit of a calmer, calmer head. Um, a, a bit ironic that he drops the ball and then they bring on Billy LaRue, Mr. Butterfingers himself. But but he came in and, hey, the, the guys did the job and we, we managed to absolutely scramble a win together. And, hey, win's a win when it comes to knockouts and we're in the finals now. Yeah, man. And, I mean, let's be honest, the weather was a great level of oh, England. 100%. 100%. Like, if that weather's if that weather's dry, Marnie Lubbock probably stays on for forty five, maybe fifty. You know what I mean? That there's, yeah. there's less of a need to bring Pollard on with the tactical kicking game. England just executed their game plan, and the box didn't execute a good game plan until maybe what the last fifteen minutes. And props to Big RG Snayman because, man, 
he was still, and it made me so nervous. He was still making runs with the ball in one hand. Oh, anyone that does that makes my heart race, man. Cause I'm just like, just, and especially these days, like players are so much more prone to just go for the rip. Like they don't even go for the tackle. They just go for the rip straight away. But, oh, man, when, when he scored that try, it was so funny. We're in, in the middle of buttfuck nowhere in some bar. And, like, the vibe was just horrible. It was horrendous. And I don't know why. Everyone was just so down. And I was like, what the fuck? We still got a whole game ahead of us. Why are we so quiet? So it was me and one other oak that were on the piss screaming and shouting at the uh, packed flipping restaurant hotel thing. And then, yeah, bloody hell, when he scored that try, I just absolutely freaked out, man. Freaked out. I was in a pub full of Englishmen. You wouldn't think it would be that way in Scotland. Well, oh, I can, I can, no, you would, you would, to be fair. But 78 minutes, I can imagine they were absolutely hounding you. And Bro, oh, no, I can't you know what the, the thing was? Nobody offers. was really saying very much. And I was with a bunch of English folk who were fired. Like one of my mates is wearing an England top. And like I was sitting right next to him. But they, you know, you get those boys who just want to, those guys who just, like they just want to start a fight, and there was yeah. a guy on the other side of the bar who was literally staring at me, like death staring me the entire time. And I was like, "The fuck? Wh- what do you want?" Like, I'm sitting next to somebody in an England top. Clearly, I'm not a complete dick. Yeah, good. Yeah, I find that as like as as rugby culture. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a few like couple um you know bad apples that spoil the bunch and that, but but for the most part, rugby supporters are. Are nowhere near as bad as football supporters and that you know, and everyone just sort of gets on with it. And it's just, it it is that simple rugby culture that even when the guys on the field will go out there and absolutely murder each other, but then in the change rooms they'll go grab a beer with with each other and exchange tops and that. It just you know it it, it trickles down from there to supporters on average. You know, obviously you get the few dickheads that go a bit overboard. Even like with with some like Springbok fans and that, I see videos and. You know, going around all the English fans like, "What's in your head?" I'm like, "Yeah, I, I get the banter, but it's like, but fucking hell, you don't have to rub it in like, like to that extent." I hate English rugby as much as the next guy, but it's like, there's almost like a certain bit of like, you know, you can have your f- few digs in that, but like straight after the whistle, mate, like after a loss, like by one point, it's like, guys, let's just cool it. Let's not be seconds. complete. Let's celebrate yeah. and let's just not be pricks, you know. That's exactly it. And on that note about respect between rugby, rugby, both rugby supporters and rugby players, there's been a lot said about Ben O'Keefe and his performance both over the weekend and the weekend before. And actually, I think he got a couple of things wrong for South Africa and he got a couple of things wrong for England. I think all in all, he was probably pretty pretty fair. And a lot's been said about that that scrum penalty that was given away at the end. That, oh, that what a crap shit, man. But he gave the exact same penalty to England uh, in the first half. We, Dude, how, so, how, how, how do you how do you justify that as not a penalty? I don't that's, know because that's, that's what I, I can't comprehend. The, the, I saw a really good thing. Um, I think it's BJ Berta. He he put this out during during the week after the game, and he said that. So when Genj puts his knee to ground, what it does is it distributes the weight differently, so it gives an advantage on the other side of the scrum. Yeah. And when you when you listen to what Ben O'Keefe says, he says knee to ground f- first and then angling in. And he's not saying the English scrum is angling in, he was saying the South African scrum was angling in because they were. But the first defense was Genj putting his knee on the ground. 
So yeah. I don't know. I don't know where where you get that's not a scrum penalty from. Yeah, I mean, like I I saw some comments that were like you know on all these posts and stuff they come up and one of the comments was like, well then why didn't he call the the um offense on the knee straight away and and that you know because it's obviously like. Well, yeah, that he's obviously going to call for that, but give South Africa a chance to mow down, get the, the ball and get the, the ball out and, and play with the going and keep it going. Everyone bitches and moans about scrums slowing down the game and that, but then when a ref just slightly lets it play, just to see if Springboks can get the ball out, so then he can play an advantage. You know, then everyone's bitching and moaning because it goes against England and that. But the, the the fact that it's it's so blatant and like you say, he said knee on the ground. That's the yeah. first thing he said. And you can't argue that that's not a penalty. It's a penalty. And that was the third. That was the third attempt at that scrum. Yeah, Fucking exactly. So it's bullshit. It's, if you're going to complain about that penalty, it's been reset already. This is the thing. And the other thing is, he is on the other side of the scrum, so he didn't see Genja's knee go down. His touch, the the the, the assistant referee would have been the one to call it. So it's not even him yeah. that calls it. It's the Dude, AR on the other side of the pitch. And and also, they can't sit there and say, oh, the ref gave them the, that game. Are you fucking mad? Pollard slots it over a 53-meter penalty on the angle in the most high-pressure situation, last two minutes of the game. That would have been our last opportunity to score pretty much. Yeah. Like, give the man credit. That was not given to him. That, that wasn't 20 meters in front of the poles or something. Yeah. He had to keep so cool, calm, and collected to still slot over that kick, which I might add went right down the, the middle goal. like bro like what are you saying bro what are you bitching about and what what i was alluding to earlier in terms of respect on the pitches there's been a lot made about tom curry and his allegation that bongi and Benumbi called him a white c-word firstly i saw such an accurate such an accurate tweet rugby underscore ap on twitter said i do wonder what is more likely bongi shouting Vitkant to alert all his defenders that the ball is on the English side, or that he decided to racially insult an English player in his third language using a swear word that no one in South Africa really uses. It, 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 that was exactly my thing when I first saw it. I was just like, first of all, there's there's no ways. There's no ways this guy is going to make a, a racist comment in that, because I thought maybe it was like, between the two of them or something like that, you know, initially, but I was still at doubts. I was like, there's no ways, man. This is like, like there's such a mixed group of um racial backgrounds and that, you know, in the, in South African rugby at club level, then you get the spring box and then you see all these documentaries and, you know, or everything that these guys do with each other and stuff. And Bongi's not a new player that's just come on the scene. And Bongi's been there for ages, man. He knows these guys. He's the cap Springbok. Bro, and he, he he's the captain when when Sia goes off. You know what I mean? Like in all, all like, and this is like, oh man, these degenerate fucking English fans. <laughs> like, bro, in what world do you think with the with with the history and, and how like we we fight racism in this country that we that one of our players is going to say that but then i obviously saw the video of when he said it and he blurts it so loud 
that it's like if you're making a racial comment to someone, you are not screaming it across the you're pitch. Not, you're literally not. And you're not doing it when the ball's been turned over or when the ball has landed up right. on, the, on, on the English side. Like, why would you? What you do is you get you get right in close to him in a, in a ruck and, and you'd, you'd, you'd put your, your, your mouth next yeah, to his ear and you'd whisper it to him. You're not you put, screaming you put, it. You put your hot breath down his neck <laughs> and you whisper. No, bro, it's honest. Honestly, it, it's insanity, man. It's insanity. And, you know, you have, again, it's, it's, that's why, like, I didn't even, even before seeing the actual full video, I didn't, like, even have a, a, a personal opinion in my own mind about it. Because I'm like, oh, you never know. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not going to say, you know, no, Bongi's never said, I don't fucking know the guy. But at the same time, I'm not going to be like, yeah, Tom Curry's, what he said was was true and stuff. you got to, yeah. like, wait to see more but evidence. But you can't, you can't, you can't say either one is, obviously, we're biased because, because, we're South Africans. You can't see either one is true. You can't go after. And this is the other thing. The other side of it is apparently loads of South African fans have abused Tom Curry and his family. If you go onto Tom Curry's Instagram page, you'll see that he's got his his comments turned off. Um, we're not. We're in no way, shape, or form saying that Tom Curry should have been abused. And if somebody makes a claim on the pitch, it needs to be taken seriously. But having listened to the video, given the context of Bongi Umbanambi. And the fact that he was speaking in Afrikaans and all of the South African calls are in Afrikaans. Get out of here. Like, <laughs> no, literally, man. Literally. This is this is the thing. Just don't be, just wear a different color. Okay. Just be lacquer. Just be lacquer. <laughs> can we, can we stay? Can we stay? Can we get some more racially neutral kits? You know, England, change a kit. All yeah. blacks, change a kit. Change a kit. Oh my gosh. I'm actually going to tell a story. Cheapers, bro. This is a flipping this this is a story of note that almost got me into a little bit of trouble. So when when my nephew was still a youngster, man, he was a lighty, I think he was like four or something. The Springboks were playing the all blacks, and then I was like, Oh, Cody, this is this is rugby. This is the we support the Springboks and we hate the all blacks. Does this motherfucker not go to fresh and say, My uncle Keegan says hate all blacks? <laughs> I'm like, mate, there's a the that needs to be in that sentence. And it's very important that it's in that sentence. So I strive for, we change it to the all blues and then flip it. You know, England, just, you're the red roses, just change it to red. Just be red, just playing red, please God. White, black, out of it, out of it. (laughs) Oh my moving, Moving on very swiftly. An amazing fact I read this week and most people will have heard this by now, is that by the end of this tournament, South Africa and the, or the the Springboks will have played every team in the top six in the world at the moment. The question I have for you is, do we think the learnings from those games and the experience will be the difference for us? So is that going to be the thing that gets us over the line against the All, all Blacks? Or do you think that how flat the box looked against England on Saturday just shows that they're tired and maybe it's a step too far i think it's a bit of a flip of flip of the coin man to be honest but i I don't think we were necessarily flat i think i think i think the the um the intensity was still there it's just i I think people really undervalue how wet the game was and it's it's incredibly difficult especially the new style of rugby we're playing you know it's a lot it's a lot more open and running and it's aerial battles and it's 
man, to get those those kicks, you know, landing and and really um, landing flush in the arms and that, you know, it's like for the game to be so wet, yes, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a, a lot closer together, less points being scored. And um, honestly, with regards to that, that part is I 100% look at the, the results from New Zealand in the World Cup versus Springboks. And I just think, fuck me, they had a bit of an easier run. Not necessarily the easiest, but they definitely had a little bit of an easier run. You know, who, bar the, who have they bar played? The Island game. They played Ireland, they played obviously, France, in the first game. France first Sorry, game. France, France first game. Who, who, they didn't easy have games. A, yeah, they didn't have a third team that was you know, definitely up for grab, bro. It was supposed to be Italy. In, in, in Italy's fucking nowhere, dude. But in our pool, it was Ireland, Scotland, Springboks. And up until and the last game, it, yeah, and potentially Tonga. Tonga would have done Physical better game. than bloody Italy. Physical you know what game. I mean? Exactly. And it's like, it's it's it was up until the last game that our pool was decided, you know? After that first game, France v New Zealand, it was decided who was going to be on top, who was going to be second, and everyone knew that. You know, apart from Ireland, I think other than that, they've had no difficult games. Everything has just been walkovers, and it's easy teams. And honestly, you know what? I, I will I'll give them credit that it's like they're really pulling pulling themselves together, which is awesome to see. You don't want to see a, a, a bad All Blacks team. You know what I mean? And I think Springboks, it's it's either really just going to motivate the boys being being like, hey, look here, look look who we've beaten this whole year, who we've you know who we've lost to. It's so important that they've lost games and they've had that taste of defeat, those narrow defeats where it's yeah. like, shit, man, and even getting you know um pucked by bloody New Zealand away, it's those sort of defeats that stick. And then it's obviously the wins that 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 stick as well. You know the teams that we've beaten, the teams that we've had to face to get to this final. That France game was unbelievable, man. To play against that team, and then how many thousands and thousands of Frenchies in the bloody in in the stadium and that. You know, it's it's it, it's a lot. And I don't know. Again, it's going to be a, a a flip of the coin, man. The coin toss. Either we going to be tired in this final and it's going to show in the last 20 minutes of the game or we we just going to have that resilience that it's like hey guys we've done all this we've done all this it's fucking 80 minutes it's just 80 minutes like give it give it everything give it everything now so it's going to be interesting but i I think the boys have the legs i think they've got the legs looking ahead to this weekend's game are there any changes you'd make to the team that ran on on saturday because there's definitely a few I'd consider. I know you say you didn't really see too many tired folk out there, but I think there was one or two, the early substitutions for Edzabeth. The fact that come, I think, the 65th minute, we used our entire bench. I think clearly it it was almost an admission from the Bok team that they'd got, the Bok management team that they'd got their team selection wrong to a certain extent for the weather. Not necessarily for the game, but given the weather in, in Paris. Yeah. I, I definitely think, you know, a 6-2 split would be nice. <laughs> I think oh, yeah. a 6-2 split would, would be very nice. We, sh- we should get back to that. And then it obviously boils down to who the hell do you have on the bench? Because I think Pollard I think Pollard starts, to be honest. I, I, I think he starts. I would I would prefer to see Marnie, Marnie start, but, you know, to, to get Pollard on the bench, who's the other back if you're doing a 6-2 split? So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. But I mean, bloody hell, I think everyone, 
but between Faf and and Kourbis, I think Kourbis has been doing really well. But hey, you know what? I think I think Faf Faf starts this game. I think he's he's brought back into the starting lineup. I'd quite like to see Faf starting and Pollard on the bench because I feel like you want you want experience in the pitch. But if you're going to have Marnie Lubbock on the field, having somebody like Faf de Clark on his inside, he'll keep him right. You know what I mean? He'll he'll keep yeah. him a bit more calm in the final. It's somewhere Faf's been before. And then if Kourbis comes on, because keeping in mind, Kourbis and Andre played loads together at Montpellier. So having the two of them come on as a combo, they're not going to be, they're used to each other. They've played with each other loads before. So they'll they'll mm. they'll they'll get that. The other one is a lot of people have been calling for Ox and Chet to start. Ox is a 10 times better scrummager. I say 10 times better. He's a better scrummager than Stephen Kitsoff is, right? I think he's possibly the best loose head in the world at the moment. The issue is how many scrums are there at the start of the game. Exactly. You're maybe I mean, you're maybe gonna have one or two. Whereas towards the end of the game, there's a lot more scrums. So why would you have your best scrummager running around for the first 40 minutes? You'd have somebody who's slightly more mobile, like Steven Kitzloff, but of a but as good a carrier, and then put put Ox on. The other one that there's two more that I, I think they might look at. I think they might look at Dwayne being swapped out for Jasper. I I think Given how many times they've started Jasper Visa versus the All Blacks, I think they're they're probably going to consider that. And then the other one is if you go six two, having cover, I think Kane and Moody might come in on the right wing, possibly just that yeah. you've got extra thirteen cover. If you go six two, you've got to drop one of because you're not going to drop Pollard. You've got to drop either Moni Lebok, Vili Larue, or Damian Willemser. So who would it be? Oh, I'm not sure, man. You're putting me in the hot seat, yeah. Um, and then like the other thing is, who would you have on the bench? Would you go for? Because I'd personally go for another lock. I'd quite like CRG's name and John yeah. Klein on the on the bench together. Hundred percent. Yeah. Fuck, man. <laughs> what do you do, mate? What do you do? It's just. Oh, I don't even know, man. I don't even know because Marnie, Marnie, you need there, man. You need that. Um, that try scoring ability that 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 flair that we always talk about if if it is a dry game you know what i mean like like you need you need money in the side against a team like new zealand that can score in a matter of seconds you know you need to be able to have the guy that can just turn that ball around quickly and then we go score in the in the corner so ah oh, i think i think you drop Vili, man i think you drop Vili. i think i think there's a lot of experience and I love Vili. He has a lot of experience and his, his gameplay and you know how he sets everyone up and that is brilliant. But I think I think Willemse has it in him. You know, he's played he's played two URC finals. He's um if I'm not mistaken, he did come in in the last final. I'm I'm he was he was he was in the squad, but he wasn't in the the team the final. Last final, I think it was we went six two and it was France Stain. And Herschel Yankees maybe on the bench. Yeah, possibly. But I mean, even still, Willemse has a, has quite a, a bit of experience in these high high tempo games. You know, like semifinals, quarterfinals, everything like that. The only thing Vili has over him is one extra final. So this might change your opinion. It's wet in Paris over the weekend. It's very money on the bench. <laughs> I mean, no money. Oh man, if yeah, if it's wet, then damn man. Because the thing is, you can't you can't leave money out because we've not. I think the last time that Willemse played ten was against Romania. 
So you've not. Pollard's fit, mate. Pollard's fit. He's not going to get injured. <laughs> Fingers crossed. That Fingers would, crossed. That would that would destroy our hopes. I reckon. This is the other question. Given the fact that it is wet over the weekend, do the box try and play with the same attacking intent, or do you play it a bit more conservative? Because Jacques has come out this week to say that whoever wins is going to need to score thirty plus points. But this weekend has shown us that if you get it wrong, it could go very wrong for you. No, exactly. Um, you know what? I think I think that these are two teams that have serious try scoring capabilities. And I don't think anyone's gonna take the, you know, foot off the foot off the gas and that, but I think it's only gonna be like one or two tries for either team. I really don't see it being a high-scoring game. I see it being an absolute nail-biting final where, you know, New Zealand do play this sort of flashy rugby and that, but we also have the ability to turn around the ball. And I think they also going to... They, they might not play as as attacking as they have, you know, because, I mean, against a Springbok team, I just don't see it in, in a final. Yeah, that's the thing. How do you... How do you play attack i think i think the all blacks will play attacking rugby i think they're gonna they're gonna run it they're gonna try at least so if that's the case then hopefully a couple of couple of slip ups from them couple of scrums see but that's the thing it's like it's the the springboks capitalize on that mate like we capitalize on that as soon as a team's running or whatever there's a quick turnover ball they've played it wide there's a bit of gaps in the in the defense Everyone's all over the pitch. Springbok get the ball, turn around, go score a try, and it's 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 happened so much as World Cup against good teams. Yeah, you know, even like France and that like brilliant team that beats the All Blacks. You know, we scored a lot of tries against them. Yeah, we let let we let a lot in. So I think New Zealand will look at that. But whew, I don't know, man. I'm getting nervous. The more the more I'm saying to myself, you know, what, if we lost to New Zealand, it wouldn't be the end of the world. The more I'm like drifting away from that opinion, I'd be fucking devastated if we lost. <laughs> we can't lose. Talking about that, before we get on to our predictions for this weekend, the URC, it's back. You saw the Stormers' great start against the Lions and then it ended up being quite close in the high felt. Did you see, please tell me you saw Shash, Sasha Feinberg and Gomazulu's techers, like the footwork. Yeah. He's he's some footballer. Like he is a footballer. He's not not just a rugby player. Oh, dude! I had to go straight away onto his profile, check who this oak is, and everything, because he definitely caught my attention with that performance, man. Didn't he score a hat trick? I think he scored two. I'm not sure he scored a hat trick. No, 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 maybe maybe not. But yeah, that's that's very interesting. Very interesting. I think he's he's originally a a fly off though, isn't he? So this is what I was going to say. Uh, McKeese played ten. Yeah, I saw that. Sasha was supposed to start at 10, and then I believe that um, there's been an injury crisis at 12. Friend of the pod, Cornell Smith's injured. So is Dan Duplessis. And obviously, you've then got Damien Billemser through in, through in France. So a bit of an issue there, but it's okay. I think hopefully they've got they've got a pretty solid 12 in, in Sasha Feinberg and Gomazulia, and I do wonder if they'll put somebody else in at 10 this weekend. You then saw the Bulls absolutely rampant against the Scarlets. Final score on that was 63-21. to 21. The Bulls sending out a bit of a, an early warning message, do we think, Steaks? 
Yeah, I think the Bulls will still be the Bulls. <laughs> They're gonna pull short eventually. <laughs> that, how many, how many great games and high scoring games before the when was it the, the the semis? I think it was that we played them. No, 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 it was the quarters. Yeah, we fucking knocked the bastards up. <laughs> but um, no, nah, dude, it, it's good. You know what? The Bulls and the Sharks have made a lot of good signings this off season. Obviously, I don't even know how long these World Cup players are going to get off because obviously all these tournaments are on and they're like, and they're, they're not all shabby tournaments, mate. They're big tournaments. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it's you can't give them too much time off, you know, and then they're back in the mix and that. So it's going to be quite interesting. But, you know, every, all the teams are going to get their ball players back. And I think it's going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive for um, South African South African teams this year in the URC uh, all around the board and even in the Heineken Cup. The Heineken Cup are most amped for, to be honest. I think the Scottish, Irish and Welsh sides are going to have to make the most of having their players return early. And I think the Irish sides will want to send out a bit of a message, specifically Leinster, because their trophy cabinet's been empty for the last two years. <laughs> and then you had the Sharks who played last year's Champions Monster, speaking of the Irish sides. They started to... Uh, 34-21 loss. They, I, I was expecting a little bit more from the Sharks, potentially. And actually, that scoreline flatters them a little bit because there was uh, quite a late try from the Sharks at the end. Yeah. Well, t- to be honest, man, I didn't catch too many of the games this weekend. But, you know, just going based off last year, just how disappointing the Sharks were. Again, it's one of those teams you love to hate as a Stormers fan, you know, especially in these... Um, in, in international tournaments and that where we're playing international club teams you you do always want to see your your South African um, counterparts doing well as much as it's the, the fucking sharks <laughs> but it's yeah they, they need to sort something out there man and again hopefully when they get their springbok players back they can you know form some kind of bond some kind of you know team team culture and that you know that they're just I don't know just more hungry man and just more just more like like just just more focused in those like vital moments you know where it's every little vital moment that can you know flip a switch in a game and change a team's demeanor and that they've got to win those battles throughout these games you know because it's it's not even like it's you know just a point and then they're dropping down or something they, they they're making a lot of stuff ups and they're losing by a good number of points and you you just need to win every single one of those battles or at least 90% of them to just, you know, turn that team around. And it, it really would be nice to see another South African team in, in, in the finals again. You know, it's like fucking tough. It's tough being a Stormers fan. You know, the shoulders are sore the way the Stormers have been holding up this South African <laughs> conference. It's tough, bro. bro people are going to come off. With, no money. With no money. With and no money. no money. And now we've got money. Spend that, spend that dodge, <laughs> Dobbo. <laughs> I think they'll obviously hopefully pick up a little bit when Lukanya, yeah. um, Etzebeth and Bonambi, Oxen Chair, when these players start coming back, I think hopefully, hopefully you'll see see a bit of a difference. Looking towards this weekend, Stormers Scarlets, foregone conclusion in Stellenbosch. Do we think we'll Stormers all the way. run a riot? I think so. Leinster Sharks? Oh, that's going to be interesting. How, how stacked is the Leinster team? I think they might have a few players come back this week. They lost to Glasgow in Glasgow on Sunday, I think it was. Well, I, uh, no, I'm going to back the Sharks. I'm going to back the Sharks. I think Leinster are going to. I just don't I think, think Leinster will. I don't think the Sharks travel well at the moment. I think that will change. I think Plumtree will change that, but I'm just not sure they've got 
missing all those players, I think it'll be difficult. The Lions are in uh, my current hometown, Edinburgh, this weekend. How do you think they'll go there? Lions. Actually, the Lions traveled really, really well last season. They they were the only team to travel really well last season. Yeah, I'm back. They got some. They got, I think they beat Edinburgh at home last season. So I'm, at, I'm gonna back the Lions. Look, yeah, I'm backing. I'm backing all the. You know, this is a South African rugby weekend. Okay, we we did it against England. You know, cricket South Africa did their job. You know, Springboks did their job this weekend. All the South African teams have to do their job. You know. So right. you're backing uh, you're backing the Bulls over Ulster this weekend then in Ulster. Yes. Yes. The smash at Bulls. <laughs> nice. And then um, um, you know what, guys? I, I I apologize. World Cup rugby has had me, and to be fair, this weekend, uh I, I did go away and as I got there, there was no power in the town. And then when there was power, so I could watch the game um the the semi-final there was no signal at the house so didn't have any signal couldn't watch any of the games and that but i'll be back next week with a bit more in depth and a bit more knowledge on the games and the teams of the urc but uh no happy that the urc season started man I'm it's liking... so great rugby's just like not stopping it's great for I... our pod as well bro that's <laughs> class but i'm liking the fact that you're saying we're going to be back next week i'd like to make a public service announcement if the Springboks lose this Rugby World Cup, I might need a few weeks to recover and to uh, lick my wounds and sit in a dark corner and rock myself backwards and nah, forwards. And I don't, I don't, you know what, you know what, I don't, I'm, I mean, look, at if it was England, yes, I could, bro. I would not be on this pod right, right now, man. I, geez. But like I say, I'd be gutted, but it's just one of those teams that it's like, man. I'll, I'll see how you're feeling on Saturday morning. No, no, I'll be no. I want them to win. Don't get me wrong, but I think realistically, now that I'm thinking about it, come Monday morning, I'm just I just be like, you know what, bro? It's is what it is. We won the last World Cup. We came second this this World Cup. It's not a bad showing, you know. But obviously, want to fucking beat them, mate. <laughs> want to beat but them. But on that note, who do you think is gonna win? this weekend yes i think box by two bro i think if the box dirt they'll do it by more no, i'm gonna I say spring box gonna, by five I, oh i think they're gonna play with our hearts again bro bro can you imagine if it's another one point victory this weekend oh my gosh no it actually i would pull out to kick it in the 83rd minute oh my goodness as long as it's a victory bro i don't give a damn yeah come on, even if it's on. ugly man an ugly win is still a win <laughs> Yeah. It's still that name going on that trophy for a fourth time, but still, nah, it's still another it's, number on the sleeve, mate. I'm just so amped to see that hucker in the final. Oh, yeah. I am, I am amped. There's no better final than Springboks versus All Blacks. There's no better rivalry in the world. It's, it's nuts that. that it's only ever happened once before, and that was 95. I know, I know, crazy. So it's, it's very interesting. It almost happened last time. Yeah, it did. It did. Very, very, it almost happened. But yeah, I'm amped. Right. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode of the SAF Pod. If you've not already, then drop us a like, give us a follow on the socials. We'll catch you next week for a Rugby World Cup debrief. Hopefully, the Brox do bring it home. We'll see you then. <laughs>